Welcome, everybody, to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with special guest, David, <laughs> right from... I don't know where is that? Is that Tatooine or what, yeah, what? just north, just north of Tatooine, <laughs> just, just for north sure. of Tatooine, uh, <laughs> yeah. in in the land uh, far, far away. Uh, how's it going, brother? Good. How are you? Good, good. I know that we've been a little sporadic with the podcast, but we're trying to get back on track. We got Andre, who's been here. Um, I went out and saw Derek in Texas. And everybody's ramping up. We're 16 weeks out from the Olympia competition. It's prep season. Uh, it is prep season. It is prep season. Things are going crazy. We're trying to work out all the details to get Hottie back out here. So for those for the Hottie update, <laughs> but until then, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> before the Hottie update, um, you guys have been amazing. Uh, the comments, the the sharing on Instagram, uh, Facebook, everything that you do is really goes. Uh, absolutely, it's noted, and I really appreciate it. So I want to go ahead and start off by saying Hottie's paperwork is in the mix. His team is putting everything together. We're here on support, uh, you know, the Evagen headquarters and making sure that we get everything done. Uh, and for those that keep asking about what happened last year, just a reminder, everything was done on our side on a timely manner. It was just the fact of the matter was that getting him to actually Dubai was difficult because of COVID as well as the, uh, there were some additional restrictions for travel, um, just, uh, political issues going on, uh, as well as the, you know, he still has the issues with the sanctions, um, with, uh, certain countries and not allowing certain, uh, residents, uh, i.e. Iran Iranians traveling uh, freely to uh, America. So that's still going on. So the, with the new administration, they're saying that that should be lifted or should be eased up. We're, we haven't seen that yet. We're hoping that'll happen. But uh, we are going through the process. This would be the third year in a row that we're actually doing this. So um, he's training his ass off. I will be sending up some updates. Uh, so you guys go ahead and follow the Evagen channel as well as mine, and I'll be uh, putting up some things. And, uh, I didn't put up a throwback Thursday. I had to throw, <laughs> make sure to put throwback Thursday photo that I just posted up on IG because if I didn't, people were like, Oh my God, he's here <laughs> three months, three and a half months out. No, he's not here yet. Um, he's back in Shiraz training his ass off and, uh, getting ready for this 2021 Olympia. It's going to be a great year. Um, you and I definitely are going to have to do a little bit of a, a, a walkthrough because there's some shows coming up. So we'll touch yep. on them really briefly. Um, I believe it's Puerto Rico this weekend, correct? Puerto Rico. Yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I believe the main guy is Akeem. Mm -hmm. Akeem. Yeah. So Akeem yep. the beast. I don't even know what his nickname is. If it's not the beast, it should be. Yep. Um, I know Roly, I believe uses the beast too, but <laughs> the battle of the no, beast, the battle of the beast <laughs> and Roly will be competing actually not in that same show, but I know that he's coming, I think to Tampa, I believe I th I've heard Tampa. Yep. Yeah. 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 So again, uh, we will be doing, uh, a, a, a review of those upcoming shows. Uh, I should say the ones that I'm really excited about is I want to see Hunter. Yeah. Hunter Labrada is the one that I know you're a big fan. I'm a fan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, I think again, just to be honest, you know, the truth podcast, let's go ahead and be honest. I'm a little bit more of a fan because I was a fan of his dad. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lee Labrada, who is an absolute legend. Um, and, uh, at some point, we definitely should bring Lee on because mm -hmm. Lee was a legend and is a legend, a living legend, uh, both on and off the stage. Just held himself uh, so just just such a good representative of the sport, 
that's why I was such a fan just because he just did things with class. Um, and, uh, and I think a lot of that has basically garnered into his son in, yeah. in terms of like trickled into his son's uh, personality and his demeanor mm-hmm. from what I've seen so far. I haven't had a lot of interaction with Hunter, but, um, talked to him just for a minute or so backstage at the Olympia last year. But, uh, I'm looking forward to, he is one of those new blood gentlemen that are going to mm-hmm. be coming on board that uh, could really make some waves. So you have Akeem, you have him, you have Nick Walker, you have a lot of these really cool athletes. Um, uh, you know, even Justin and you have Ian and, yeah, and these guys. Ian. Yeah. I think these guys all are very, very exciting to see mm-hmm. what, what they're about to bring because they're all coming up at the same time. And even though Akeem has been around for a while, but he's just starting to get to learn his body. And I think that is going to show a significant difference in uh, his placings now that his body is starting to get dialed in. And I think that um, with these other gentlemen seeing that, and then I'm still uh, uh, wanting to see what happens with Sergio because he's another one who's kind of like Akeem who's been on the cusp, but hasn't really been able to you know, feel that full potential yet. And as a professional bodybuilder, potential is what you make it. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing eventually him hit his stride. I know that there's some um, a situation where it looks like he might not be doing the Chicago pro. Yeah. You know about that? Yeah. Yeah. So from what I heard that um, I've heard some mixed uh, reasons why, um, but he's another person that uh, I think that once he hits, on all eight cylinders, he's another guy who's very, very, a, a very large threat yeah. to any show that he can uh, compete in. So there's a lot of really good people and I'm sure I'm leaving out some others, but at the end of the day, those are the ones that really come to mind right now. You know, um, it's exciting time for sure. in bodybuilding. Yeah. 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 Changing it, of the really guard is. a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not just changing of the guard. It's just the, what's happening is it's just this evolutionary thing mm-hmm. that's happening where, you know, the, the guys that were around 10 or 15 years ago, you had, you know, Phil and Dexter and all of these other guys. And they basically, you know, are, are, are looking at saying, okay, well, they've created that legacy and they've made their mark, but who's going to be the next Phil and Dexter and Ronnie mm-hmm. and, and these other guys. And out of these champions that are winning right now, who can come back and win again, or who's going to be right. dominant and create a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Can big Ramy be that guy? Um, and we have yet to see. Um, so, you know, I know Hottie thinks that he can go out there and mess with, you know, basically if anybody. Hot, if Hottie you know, had a couple more days, yeah. who knows? Well, yeah, last year, if you know, he was here a day or two sooner. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, um, he's been doing this whole thing the whole time with his one hand tied behind his back yeah. um, when it comes to a lot of different things. Um, access to us working together one-on-one, yeah. you know, it's, it's just there isn't a day that goes by where I'm training somebody in the gym and then I turn around and I think about it and I go, Wow. Imagine if Hottie was here just half the time that I see some of the other guys. Yep. Um, it would it would be, I think, a different story. But we will make the best of it because we do not use the victim mentality. So again, um, it's just a matter of we work around it. We work around it. This Olympia is gonna be very, very interesting. Very, very competitive. I mean, you still have get guys like James Hollingshead that's mm-hmm. still out there. He's qualified, yep. he's just getting ready. Yep. You got Nathan Diasha that's floating that's around right. there. Yep. 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 Everyone forgot about believe, that. Yeah. Nathan, I think, is a person that it would be interesting to see what happens because I think was he doing the Arnold? Yeah, I think he was. And now he's doing one show overseas. I forgot which show it is. It's okay. it's coming up. And then to hopefully qualify 
for Olympia and then we'll see him there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we have that. And then who, and then just a reminder for those that don't know, the Arnold is going to be an Olympic qualifier for 2022. Yep. So anyone who qualifies at the Arnold classic this year will be qualified for the following Olympia, not the one that's going to be coming up several weeks after the Arnold, but the one that's going to be a year later. So, uh, it's, it's missing the cutoff, mm-hmm. but yeah, you got a lot of really good guys, man. Yeah. A lot it's really going to be guys. stacked for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Q and A time, John. You got these Q and A's, man. I don't know where you get all these questions, but <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and hit this Q and A. They're great. They're great questions. Um, you ready? I am ready. All right. First one coming from Jonathan Mahar. Do you like twice a day training for contest prep? And if so, how would you structure the two workouts? Okay. Normally, no. Um, it's not that I don't like it. It's just usually it's not necessary. Uh, the guys that do it are the ones that like to train who are very, very into wanting to be able to go back and minimize the amount of cardio they're doing Mm -hmm. and so that they can stay leaner because they want to be able to get two sessions in. And usually it's like a major and a minor. So let's say if you're doing chest and tries, you're doing chest uh, in the morning and then you're doing tries at night. And then what you're doing is also maybe throwing in like an ab or cab at night as well. And then it minimizes the likelihood of needing uh, additional cardio uh, whether it's off season or pre-contest. Uh, but it's not something that I turn around and say, Hey, I force my athletes to do. If it's somebody who likes to train hottie Chopin is a guy that loves to train. He likes to go an hour and a half in the morning. He goes another 45 minutes to an hour at night. Uh, he likes to break up those workouts. He likes to train like a beast. It minimizes his likelihood of needing cardio. And so therefore it works well for him. Uh, other guys like Phil, Phil wasn't a guy that liked to train twice a day. And not that he didn't like to, he just didn't really need to. Yeah. And, um, but there were some times during the last 15 years where, you know, he did go in and, and do what, what we call cleanup work. And that cleanup work would have been like doing, if you wanted to do legs and he wanted to focus on claws in the morning and hams at night, sometimes that would happen or whether he wanted to turn around and do calves or do something like a smaller body part later in the evening time, he would. But there's other guys that are really into that where they will go hardcore two workouts and other ones that will just throw in that cleanup work in the evening. Ideally, how long do these sessions be to be like the most effective? Because I feel like you can't do that for a long time. No, I mean, hour, hour and a half for the for everything but legs. Um, those, that, that goes closer to the hour and a half mark. And then everything else, uh, especially on that second session, is 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, perfect. Um, second question from <laughs> blank one. Interesting name, but this is a great question. Do the top pros see their own stomach distension? Why can't they hold it in during their routines? I see a massive amount of hate on this topic. Is it really that hard? Yeah. So I think it really depends on, on who you're talking about and, and, and their instance, you know, I know everyone's got Phil Heath in mind because everyone's like, Hey, what's the situation with Phil? Well, Phil had two hernia surgeries, so it was always difficult with Mm -hmm. him, especially the last you know, four Olympias, three Olympias that he won. Um, and it was one of those things that it was very, very difficult with, you know, when your abdomen wall is basically torn yeah. to be able to um, keep your, uh, keep your midsection tight, especially through the transitions. Cause that's when he would get pictures taken, right? Mm-hmm. People are like, take the picture during the transition. When he's relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trying to relax or you're trying to take a deep breath in between yep. the poses. Yeah. So then you see the pose and the pose is fine. And then when mm-hmm. you turn around or, you know, somebody's like from the angle or this yeah. or that, um, and then if you don't have that issue, you know, IE hottie Chopin, um, because he was starting to get a little bit like that when we first started working together and we concentrated on making sure to say, Hey, look, 
you got to work on your breathing. You got to work on your breathing. And he is just a super fan of the sport and he's the type of person. And, and there's some others out there as well that, that really want to do whatever they can to show the artistic side. He's really puts time into his posing. Yeah. You know, you could see it right. You know, and he feels everything through the beat because mm-hmm. again, he, you know, he, different uh, frequencies and registry that he can't hear because yeah. of his uh, hearing um, issues. And what happens is he puts extra time and effort into that posing. Um, so he throws those classic shots. He throws the vacuum. He does all of those things. So again, he has to practice those. You can't just go in there and just do that. And I think some of the people just are plain lazy. They just don't want to do any kinds of posing. I don't care if you're an amateur or a pro. They just, you can tell that they're just kind of winging it. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't do anybody justice. It doesn't do their physique justice because they're not used to, you need to have conditioning, not just having low body fat, but you got to be physically conditioned to be able to actually hit those poses at a high level. And what that means is that you got to actually practice posing just like right. if you're practicing, you know, you're, you know, doing bent over rows, one arm dumbbell rows, doing anything that's an actual exercise. So you've got to be able to do that. And the more you do that, the better you're able to show your physique off. So if you're doing that, you have to remember you're going to be dehydrated because you're trying to cut your water and trying to get mm-hmm. that that dry saran wrap look. You're also going to be carving up so you have a heavier abundance of foods, more more, you know, larger abundance of food right while you're carving up versus when you're in the gym when you're depleted. Because when you're depleted, it's good it's easy to keep your stomach in because you're not mm-hmm. eating that much. You're yeah. low carbs. You're a couple hundred grams of carbs. But now when you have to go to 600 800 grams of carbs to carb up, now, all of a sudden, especially you're a big boy, like, you know, 250 plus pounds. Now you got to think about, well, how do I keep that midsection tight when I got this huge amount of food in me? Right. Mm-hmm. So then you got to think about, okay, well, if I got to have that kind of food in me, then I better practice like I have that. So when you do have those carb ups, the other thing you do is you make sure to take those days and practice your posing because then it's going to be similar to what you would feel like on stage because you right. have a higher amount of food in your, you know, that you're trying to digest. The other thing is then obviously if, if there's just no way around it, then it's literally trying to deplete during the actual last day or two or cut back so that you don't have the volume of food. So, uh, and you want to be able to make sure that you maximize digestibility. You want to be able to do all of those things as well. You know, digestive enzymes, um, probiotics, all of those things come in, uh, come in handy. So, uh, hence me making some of these products because I was recommending right. them so much. I eventually just said, you know what, I'm going to make it under the vision line. And I decided to make the digestive enzyme made Evozyme, um, Evolog, all of those products that help with the overall digestibility of food and absorption. So at the end of the day, these are reasons, these are the reasons why I put together supplement protocols and I really believe in them. I've been doing this for a very, very long time. And what I want to do is make sure that all of the food is maximized and absorbed as much as possible. And, um, the, the key is to be able to try to balance that out with getting full. Yeah. So. And a lot of these guys, is it, well, it's that, and then it's really just a lack of posing, right? Cause you sat with Rami and I think that was a difference maker, right? He was the first one in those poses and the last one out. Mm -hmm. And it just helps with the stage presence. Yeah. I think, I think that definitely draws the eye. You know, you, yeah. you want to really be able to try to hit those poses and be able to, to hold them. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Third question from Richie church, your goats of bodybuilding, 
don't be biased. LOL. <laughs> Richie <So>. Church, <laughs> the goats of bodybuilding. Let's just let's just hear your six, your top six, your six, your your first call out. My first call out in the goat, <laughs> in, 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 in the goat classic. Um, obviously, you got to go with Ronnie Coleman and Lee Haney. I mean, you know, the you know the 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 guys that hit eight Olympias. Um, then the second guys in that group, Arnold and Phil. I think yeah. you know they both you know they both won seven. Arnold is just Arnold. I mean, the guy mm -hmm. is just absolutely a legend. And I think Phil with his overall, uh, not just wins, but, but but his lack of flaws, you know? Right. I mean, he just had a really dominant physique, especially on those years that he was really on mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, 2013, 2011, Arnold Classic, all of those those shows, right. shows were kind of like, wow, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the so, so you got four gentlemen uh, that would be there. Um, between, I would say Ronnie and, and Lee Haney, the guys that won eight, yeah. the guys that won seven. So those are the four. If I had to give you six, I would round out the other two as Dorian Yates. Yeah. I think Dorian, just because I'm, I'm a big Your Dorian fan. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah. He's one of my personal favorite, you know, Dorian, his mentality. Cause I, sure. I grew up in his era, right? Yeah. I was competing in his era. So I think Dorian and honestly, Jay Cutler. I think yeah. Jay, I think Jay and um, not just because again, not because I work with them, but he, when you have those images of somebody who is so iconic in terms of that, those, those images, and they've mm -hmm. been shared so much, it's just, it's cool. And then yes, do I, am I going to be naturally a little bit biased because I was involved in that and I was part of that journey? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I, I, you know, it's you can't go without saying that th those are some of the best images in all of bodybuilding. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah. So I don't know. One of these days, I think what we should do is we should take some of those images and, and do call outs and yeah. say, okay, let's, let's do that. Maybe we'll get, <laughs> we'll sit down with Tim. He's working behind the scenes and putting those images up. But I think that, uh, yeah. So Richie Church, good question. Your goats of bodybuilding. Don't be biased. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me not to be biased because there's a couple of my athletes in there. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people would think some of those athletes that I work oh, with would be up there. 100%. Um, yep. uh, you know, so so there, there you go. That's that's the top six. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one here um, from Miguel S. How to properly time amino acid usage? Um, you know, amino acids are one of those things where you have the ability to help you with active recovery. When I say active recovery, I mean, I mean, like I like to use amino acids, essentially amino acids, intra workout, mm -hmm. um, the amino, amino acids, post-workout. Again, you can use traditional EAAs, uh, BCAAs. I, I personally like to just run a straight isolate because yeah. of the EAA content in it. And it fills you up a little bit and then do a solid meal an hour afterwards. Um, but intra workout and in between meals, EAAs all day. So that's just to help with that additional recovery. Obviously I made amino chem. That's the one I recommend because I put it together with coconut water as well as some S seven just to keep the blood flow going. And what I did was I also made sure to not overly sweeten it because yeah. I always consider athletes taking other products as well. And it just becomes a little bit, um, you get, you know, you get a little bit of GI distress when you start to over, over flavor things. So yeah. I've always kept my things a little bit on more on the balance side, not super sweet. And I, I think that it's one of those things that the, the harder you train, the more you need those things. 
and everyone's going to ask, Hey, well, you know, what if I'm natural versus I'm taking HRT versus taking, you know, somebody who's, you know, quote unquote boosted. Right. Um, I don't care. I don't care. I think, I think somebody who's natural needs it much more. Um, but at the same time you soup up a car, it needs race gas just as much as, uh, anything else. Right. So it's really, those are the building blocks that are super important. And if you're not taking essential amino acids, I really think that you're missing out, you know? So I think that it's really, really important that you take them throughout the day. I, I like to stack it in during the workout as well as uh, in between meals. Perfect. This is kind of, you know, piggybacking off this last question here from Tracy O. Tips on reducing leg soreness after leg day. That, that good old doms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, that was one of my major, major problems when I was competing is that my legs would sometimes be sore for like five days. And I felt that what made it better was not just the supplements that we just discussed that mm-hmm. would help. That would definitely help. But the other thing were stretching post-workout. Um, and so post stretching post-workout as well as running that foam roller mm-hmm. made a huge difference. I would say it would make it 50% better right there. So just wow. adding in stretching post-workout and doing that, and then maybe even some light cardio, either post-workout or even the day after mm-hmm. where you're just getting that blood flow in there with additional stretching and active recovery, which is going to be foam rolling, um, stretching, doing some, um, massage, uh, going in and doing, uh, maybe like a Theragun, uh, something yep. along those lines that's going to be able to help. I, those are all things that are going to really help maximize the recovery process. Can you do that with pretty much anything? You can do it with anything, but legs are one of those things, man, where I feel that is the attracts the most amount of soreness in terms yeah, of any body sure. part after workouts. Yeah. Especially when you're squatting, right? When you're squatting or you're doing hacks, you're doing walking lunges. I mean, there's not any other body part that I consider like four to five days of soreness. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, back can be a couple of days. Back. Two, <laughs> I was maximum, gonna say back. Maximum two or three. But again, we're talking about the largest muscle groups. Yeah. Legs being the largest and back being your second largest. Right. But how often have you know were your arms sore for four days? Yeah, it, can it happen when if you have a kick-ass workout, especially if you're isolating that bicep and you're supinating mm-hmm. that wrist and you're really, really focusing on it, it can happen, but it's less likely to happen on biceps or shoulders. Then it's possibly chest. Then it goes to ch- uh, back, and then yeah. the, the the you know the big daddy, legs. <laughs> legs can kick your ass, and it's one of those things where, um, you know. The only other thing I can think of is it's as torturous as, as legs as calves. Like you oh, can yeah. sit there and do your calves, especially if you went through a grueling half an hour of calf workout and you're like, you're standing there and you're shaking and, um, <laughs> and you're like, man, you know, especially if you did your calves and your legs. Oh yeah. Then, then, then you might as well like try to get the handicap plaque, you know, because <laughs> you're not going to want to walk anywhere or do anything. So, so what you got to do is you got to make sure you're going to either blast legs or blast, blast calves. Try not to do both because if your legs are really, really tore up, you could still kind of like use your calves to kind of help, you know, compensate and, you know, but if you can't do that because your legs are just, your calves are just as bad as your quads and your hamstrings, then you're just going to be like, man, you better call 911. (laughs) (laughs) Uber, Uber to your car from the gym. Yeah. (laughs) Uber to your parking lot. Yeah. To your parking space. Yeah. yeah, You gotta, you gotta have like a little necklace where it says like you press the button. Like, like, yeah. Leg, leg alert, leg alert. You know, I've done, uh, you know, I've done legs and I can't get up. (laughs) All right. This next one from Chauncey A. Is there a way to improve vascularity through training or is it primarily genetic? Okay. Number one is genetic through your leanness. So like how lean you are, 
if you're naturally lean, you're more likely to be vascular, right. period. Okay. So if you want to become more vascular, get leaner. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're naturally lean, you're naturally more vascular. So it works hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some people who have varicose veins, right. like Walker style. Um, you have things like that. That's, that's a little bit different. But um, I think you're talking about overall vascularity through the shoulders, the arms. It's yeah. usually tied to the fact of how lean you are. So if you yeah. just want to f focus on being able to get more vascular, just get leaner. There you go. Yeah, that's it. And then obviously, if you are getting leaner, and let's say you go in and you do an in-body, you go, hey, I'm leaner. I've lost 3% body fat, but I'm not vascular. You're flat. So that's when you want to turn around, run a good pre-workout, add in that EVP AQ, because that's what's <laughs> going to really help expand you. And then um, and then do that. And if you still don't get the vascularity, then you're really flat. Go have some sushi. Because that between <laughs> that and the sodium, that, that, that should help you. Because at the end of the day, if, if you are like legitimately leaner, but you're not vascular, it's just because you're flat. And then you just got to make some adjustments on uh, in terms of your, your macros. Perfect. There you go. Uh, last one here from Troy M. What is the most optimal way to manage muscle imbalances? Now I'm, let's just frame it up. Let's just say that your hamstring fires, your left hamstring fires, but your right doesn't. I like, how do you train to, to get both of those going? Okay. So I was just dealing with this the other day with Andre, right? Andre had heard his, his bicep on his, um, you know, his, his one side, I believe it's his right, his right side. And he had some atrophy and you notice in the videos, uh, that's on the Evigen channel. The, what I did was I'm, I'm constantly tapping his right pec, his right chest. Uh, I'm sorry, his right pec, his right shoulder, his right bicep when we're, mm -hmm. when we're working. And then what I'm just to get that better mind muscle connection. You know, I've been doing this for many, many years. People used to make fun of me 25 years when I did it, uh, do lay extensions. I'll tap it. Now you start seeing all the trainers. Everyone tap. does it. Yeah. Everyone's doing it now, right? I'll tap the upper chest while we're doing it, uh, incline, you know, or whether we're doing throat cutters. The thing that you get, that's going to help. The other thing is going to be more time under tension under that particular side that's weaker. So you'll also notice that what I'll do is extra sets or reps doing hammer presses, right? We're doing hammer strength incline presses, then I'll get him to do extra reps, you know, towards the end of the set. Yeah. And then we'll do sometimes extra sets with just the weak side as well. So Got those it. are the different techniques we're using to be able to get that to to really fire. So more reps, more sets on the weaker side, you know, um, you know, tap technique, and then also um, making sure that you're doing different types of exercises that are going to be very, very specific for possible muscle imbalances. So if it's a rotator situation, you need to strengthen the rotator cuff, make sure you're warming up those rotator cuffs. Make sure you're doing the exercises for your rotator cuffs that are going to help be able to get, let you go heavier without being able to get hurt. Perfect. And that is it. Great questions for this week for sure. Yep. That's, that's it. it. Thank man. you as always, man. Those are some good questions. So guys, again, Thanks a lot for following us, uh, both on social media as well as uh, YouTube. And make sure share the videos. Make sure you like, subscribe, and let us know who you want to see on here. I am going to do my best to try to bring some people in before the Olympia, both in person as well as on through um, uh, Zoom, to be able to bring on the podcast. Let us know who you'd like to see, and um, we'll do our best to bring them on. So, David, thank you very much. Thank you, as always. I'm Hani Rambod, my co-host Dave, and that's the truth.